Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and with me is my great friend, Joshua Fowler. This podcast is a podcast part of the Ministry League Network of Podcasts and brought to you by Holly Hill Church of Christ and Goodwood Church of Christ. We're glad you're here. Morning, sunshine. What's going on? Morning. <laughs> oh, is it? I mean, I keep forgetting you're an hour behind, so um, it is. I know. <laughs> and and I'm watching our little behind the scenes over here on uh, Instagram Live. Yes. Uh, checking, we'll see if this out. works. Um, so I've tried something to get rid of the volume. I put the little adapter on with this 10-foot extension cable for headphones. <laughs> and... Uh, so we'll see if I can get this to prop up just right without it causing any kind of issues, but I'm not sure it's going to. We'll have to, nope, but it's okay. We're learning as we go. Uh, we are, and right now on Instagram Live, it looks like chaos with the with the bouncing around and the moving. I bet so. it does. It's not going to work. We're going to have to just live with the echo. Uh, I can deal with it. It is a, Why it is is little a man real... not talking? Oh, come at me. Okay. It, 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 it's a real live look at what it looks like behind the scenes because ultimately oh, yeah, it you really... how put together. You, you, <laughs> you look here in, in the in the frame. There is all kinds of things going on. So Yeah, and, and normally it's even more chaotic. You just <laughs> you just don't want to talk about it today. It's okay. And, and we're not even gonna mention like, you know, how cameras and things are, are set up and what it is that's no. holding them up and making them uh, sit in places. One of these days I'm gonna have a studio. A real live studio one of these days so that's the that's the plan for me too i, th I think i'm i think i might get it done so. sounds good i might have to create a a studio room in my office because i was going through and looking at our church building there is not a room um around that we that is kind of unused they use just about every room in this building especially since we went to the uh um What's the uh, the rotational uh, children's yeah. classes? So uh, they remodeled, moved in. You know, one of them is a theater room. One of them is a game room, um, and they have really, really efficiently used every uh, space available for that children's education wing. So uh, fun stuff. So, but priorities, right? Priorities. I understand. Could, Kids and their education definitely have priority over my uh, podcasting studio. So, well, I don't understand how why, why that's a thing. I feel like they're on e they should be equal, right? Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. Uh, maybe maybe when our podcast grows to have thousands of subscribers and, and viewers, then maybe I can make a case for that. But you mean the two uh, that are watching with us right now are just. In, in the hundreds that watch after the fact, though, you can't uh, you can't rule those guys out. Correct. Well, hey, we're glad you guys are here. Whether you are um, uh, joining us here on Instagram Live with a little behind the scenes look on Instagram, or on Facebook, or whether you're catching us later, we're really glad that you've chosen to be with us. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the last in our series on Epic, book by John Eldridge. Really cool little book, um, easy to read. 
but really profound with some of the, the things and the way that he connects our story with the story God is writing. Um, and just kind of to, to reset the, the stage here from where we've been, um, there is one aspect of uh, the way the way he kind of brings this in that really that really struck me. And uh, you know he talks about you know goes back to the very beginning, even before the beginning, and when the story began about you know the presence of evil in the world, um, and really talks about the the role that we play. And you know we are people of story, right? We've uh, we've talked about that several times on this um, uh, podcast as well as others. That there are so many different ways in which so- story affects the way that we, uh, the way that we live, the way we process the world, and we see that that's kind of built into us um, in the image of God. So um, it's a it's it's really cool. I've I've enjoyed it. Uh, a professor of mine introduced this book to me at Oklahoma Christian about whew, 10 years ago, I guess. Seems like yesterday, uh, but time gets by. And uh, it's it's worth it, man. You can read it in probably just a few hours if you're a good reader. So I would say pick it up, and we'll finish up talking about it today. Absolutely. Absolutely. I enjoyed reading it. And as someone who really likes the this is going to be echo really bad. Whoever who likes storytelling a lot, this book was very informative, very educational, and really kind of a good place to start talking about what we're doing right now. Um, you don't like telling stories, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, never will you tell stories. I always, I think I don't remember if I shared this here or if it was somewhere else, but. Um. <laughs> I'm just I'm a, I'm gonna it's awful it's it's you're, gonna bug me. You're going to get it. Who who is uh, uh Rocky Thirteen? Um, I need to click the profile because that name is not familiar with me. I apologize. You used to teach Rocky. him at Cab. There's that could be anybody. That could be anybody. There was there were several people over there. What's Cab? Oh, uh, Cab is Christian Academy of the Bluegrass. So it's, the, it's where I teach right now. Oh, okay. Um, not uh, not a music school, though. No. Well, I just figured blue, bluegrass, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be. I know. Sorry. Bad joke. Bad, bad <laughs> Kentucky joke. Oh, bluegrass. Anyway, um, I had a guy that it I used happens. to work with who loved to tell stories. But his stories were so outlandish that we would see, like, you could never tell a story that he couldn't outdo. Um, And we had kind of this challenge on our service drive to see if anyone could tell a story, no matter how true or crazy, that little Johnny couldn't outdo. Um, I worked there on that service drive for six and a half years. I never heard anyone tell a story that he couldn't tell one better. Um, That's frustrating. It, it was, uh, it could have been. We made it into a game, and so it was just kind of like, okay, we're going to see. <laughs> and, dude, I, I told some doozies. I mean, I told some doozies that were, uh, you know, you wouldn't have believed them if you saw them in a movie. Um, but, you know, we are people who are, are created for a story because God is writing the story. He's, he's given the story, and he's invited us in 
um, to that story. And, and I think there's some real, we find a place where we belong when we recognize the role that we play in God's story. And, uh, you know, today we're going to get to Act 4. And Act 4 begins, if we look, you know, when we looked at Act, uh, Act 3, I think begins once upon a time, right? Yes, um, yes. And, you know, we talked about that beginning of every good story, the, the once upon a time, the, in the beginning. Um, and then most stories end with happily ever after. That things come to this resolution and, and there is something for us to anticipate. Uh, I, man, hate is such a strong word. Um, but endings... And, and I think you may have asked this question uh, uh, on a previous episode, but the ending is what makes a story for me. Like, I love all okay. the stuff in the middle. I can make it work, but um, but you can completely ruin a story for me um, with an ending. Uh, and and that's the case on, on a couple of occasions. Great movies, but I'll never watch them again because of the ending. It's like if if I want tragedy, I'll watch a documentary or I'll just live life, you know. I want yeah. happily ever after. Um, at the end of Castaway, I want Tom Hanks to come home, and I want him to find his wife waiting for him um, for everything to be made right. Because it's a movie. I know that doesn't happen in real life, but I'm watching a movie, and I want to see a happily ever after. Um, we have it. Yeah. Well, for me, it's not about the happily ever after. I just want the story or the development and the resolution or whatever ending comes to make sense with what you've already told. <laughs> I can Sometimes see that. I, can I get see to that. a point where I go, this is, you know, you, you had a character development and then all of a sudden it just went away because they were forcing an ending that didn't make any sense. Um, one uh, one that comes to my mind like that is, and I can't even remember the name of the movie, but I think it was Nicolas Cage. And, you know, these kids are discovering clues uh, to help them escape the end of the world. There's this Armageddon that's coming, um, and they're trying to get to this safe place. And the movie was is a really great action movie, um, really cool puzzles, the way the, the lines, the storylines kind of come together. And you get to the very end, and like the last two scenes of the movie is aliens coming to take the kids so they can preserve human life and bring them back later. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, seriously? We get all the way through this movie, and aliens? Come on. Like, <laughs> like come on. This makes no sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I get what you're saying about the storyline and needing to uh, to, to kind of make sense Uh with the rest of the storytelling. Absolutely. Uh, John asked this question, John Eldridge, and I, I, I really found it poignant. He said, why do the great stories leave us with an ache in our hearts and a lump in our throats? Um, you know, and then he says, and if you're not too calloused by the world, you might even find yourself crying at the end of some of the great stories that are told on film and in books. Uh, you have any thoughts on that, that, that end of a story. I, I mean, just whenever a story's 
does whenever you know someone's done their job when you have this feeling because you're invested in the characters that don't even exist. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes true stories, that's even, you know, they do exist. But say we're watching uh, an action movie from Marvel or something, and something happens, we feel the tension, we feel the tragedy, we feel whatever, because while we're watching it, Iron Man really does exist. Or... <laughs> You know, Thor really does exist, or fill in the blank actually exists in the, you know, oh no, this is awful, or yay, this is wonderful. We're feeling all those emotions because the story told has convicted us to actually buy in. Yeah, and, and we know Thor doesn't exist, but, but what we also know is that that constant desire to please the people that have gone before us does. And so Thor, we know that magic hammers don't just come flying through the universe and, and secondary realms don't really exist, you know, the way they have portrayed them. And we know that there's not this kind of crossover, but, but we feel that life struggle that Thor is in. We know Iron Man doesn't exist, but Tony Stark is real. You know, the, the battle that he has in his mind and in his self for, um, value um, and acceptance and, and love, you know, really does exist. And so when they have the ability to form those characters around the things that are in our deepest desires in our psyche and in our hearts, um, we find ourselves at the end really with this intensity as if the things are transpiring in the moment. Um, you know, if, you know that Jack dies at the end of Titan Titanic. Uh, you know the way that story ends. It's not a happy ending. Um, some wait, wait, people Jack, do... Jack dies? What? No, I mean... <laughs> Every single this... time. Yeah. The we, Titanic we still sinks. And we yeah. still feel the emotion. That's right. <laughs> um, I, I, I still get uptight when, you know, he says, Iceberg, right ahead. And it's like, but this time will they make it? Like, no, they won't make it this time because the story hasn't changed. The reality hasn't changed, but even though there's still this this investment in that story, um, you know, Ecclesiastes chapter three says that eternity is set in the heart of man, and there is this pursuit of happily ever after, and that when we tell these stories, um, we are attempting to put flesh and bones on the story that God has created within us. Um, and, and I think when we see those kinds of stories come about, those people have been able to connect to that story that's built deep in our soul, deep in our heart. Um, and, it, and it captures us in a way uh, where we do get to the end and it's like, this can't be the end. This can't yeah. be the end. I hate cliffhangers, right? I hate cliffhangers. I need the story to be resolved. Um, that's the only reason why I binge watch shows. That's right. I mean, that and Netflix's countdown timer is getting shorter. I don't know if you've noticed that. But it used to be like 15 seconds, where at least you had time to process it and be, and actually come to the conclusion of, I really shouldn't watch another episode. I'm watching one right now. It's a five-second countdown timer. Mm -hmm. Man, by the time the five seconds are up, I haven't even processed what just happened. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll just keep watching to find out what happened. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, it's, it's like a, I don't know, it's, it's a problem. 
Well, and, and there are those endings, right? I mean, like when, uh, you know, when Thanos takes out a third of the universe, you know, and, and at that point you're like, no, like this can't end like that. Um, and the yeah. movie does end like that. And so what do you do if you're watching a Marvel movie and something like that happens at the end? What do you do? You look for the mid-scene credits. And if the there, mid-scene and there, credits and there were none for that one, I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. And then you look for the end scene in in credits, and it's like what? Like no, yeah. There has to be more to this story than that. Um, and it left you with that ache in your heart and the lump in your throat. And a lump in your throat. And That's and right. I remember I was with I was next to Catherine. We were some friends, and right when everybody like started turning to dust. And sorry, spoiler alert. And um. And then the movie ended. Catherine looked over at me, and I just like stopped because I was like, "No, no." The whole, the whole auditorium, the whole theater, is not speaking or moving. You will not be the one to speak or move. <laughs> and you know, right. so I got to put my hand up. It was like, let's just process this. And I sat there looking around, going, "Okay, who's gonna move first? Who's gonna move first? Who's gonna say what first? And no one moved for like five minutes. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's like the, the one time the, the hero doesn't win, um, yeah. like, like really win. And even if you know, they're going to make it right, there's still something that, that leaves you wanting because mm-hmm. we are made to pursue, uh, the right end that things are made right in the end, um, that, you know, the hero does get the girl. Uh, they do get everything back together and things are made uh, right again. Hang on just a second. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. I did not (laughs) want to do that in the, in the microphone. That would have been terrible Mm. Um, for both the microphone and, and our listeners. Uh, but we want this because the question that we're always asking is when we see all of this transpire, the question is, could this be my story? Um, could it actually be possible that I can be a part of that happily ever after? Um, because ultimately, I don't know if you know this or not. Um, you're, not uh, you're not a very old man yet, uh, but your story is going to have an end. Um, and how, how we face the end of our story, uh, how do we gain the ability to face the fact that our story has an end, particularly as that end grows nearer, um, is something really unique, uh, I think, to mankind, because every story does have an end, at least a physical end. And so that question of, could there be something more really is built into our DNA. Yeah, and, and I think that that also begs the question, if my story has an end, where do I want to end at? Mm-hmm. It all, you know, it's very obvious a lot of times. Whenever, it, for me, TV shows, I like TV shows more than I like movies. And sometimes you can tell these writers know where they're going. Mm-hmm. I may not know where they're going, but after a while, I start to see how they're connecting everything together, and I'm saying, okay, they know where they want to end up. Right. 
I see other shows where I it's so com discombobulated and so many abandoned plot lines. It begs the question: Do they even know where they're going with this? Right. Is, and is what there... shows do we what shows do we enjoy more? The ones that have some cohesiveness to it. So in our lives, we have to ask the question: Where do I want to end? Where's my goal? And then we know how we can get there. And but maybe not. Maybe we ask the question: I don't see how it's possible for me to get there. Kind of like the question: What? What if this could be my story? I don't think I think that's a question we often ask in this way. I don't see how that could be my story. It's almost in a doubting way, as if a disbelief a disbelief of is this actually possible for me to have that happily ever after? Yeah, and and I think the story that God is writing wants us to take hold of that hope and say yes. not only could this be your story, it's actually the story that I've written for you. Um, the only question you have to answer is, do you want to be a part of my story, or are you over here trying to write your own? Um, and I think we find ourselves a lot of times just simply trying to write our own stories and abandoning the story you know, that God has written. Um, we have, man, I know a lot of people are probably going to make fun of me, but uh, there's a stirring, that song that we sing. You know, a lot of people like to make fun of that song for one thing or another. But I'm going to tell you, I challenge you to find a hymn or a song that we sing that deals with death more directly. You know, that this, this point of, of a one who is a Christian who looks at death square in the face and says, Is that his voice I'm hearing? Could it be my time has come? Is he calling me? Um, and then moving towards accepting what God has in store for us after this life is over. Um, mm -hmm. You know, God says, yeah, there is more. And not only could it be that you have a happily ever after waiting for you, um, you do have one, and it's made for you. Our enemy is a thief, and he has stolen our ability to, to wonder at life and to really explore the truth of happily ever after. And so we live with that fleeting hope um, that is just oh so dim at times. Um, and, and God begs us to take hold of his hope and, and live with it. And I think there's something really, really powerful in that that, that he wants for us. So, Absolutely. And, and for me, and, and, I, and I don't know if we, if, I don't think we're going this way according to our show notes, but... I think often, not only is the enemy a thief of that magic and wonder and the ability to say, oh, I'm going to enjoy the promise that I've been given to have that abundant life, but also the happily ever after. Mm -hmm. We almost think of it as we're not deserving or, oh, I look at all the bad things I've, I've done. Oh, I'm not deserving. All these things because we see others as undeserving. Mm -hmm. and think they don't deserve certain things. So we can't possibly see how we could do it when we don't want to give that to others. And I think this is a lesson in the love of God and a lesson in his faithfulness to us and then how we should treat others. And that's just a kind of a side note that I thought about as we were discussing this, that we may not, quote, deserve, but we've been given this because of the grace of God. 
and yeah. I there's something a lot of things that I don't deserve that I get, and maybe presents are a gift someone wants to do for me. It's rude and inconsiderate for me to reject that and rob them of that blessing. But God's given us an amazing gift, and are we really going to reject a gift from God? Are we really going to reject God's love and say, mm, I don't deserve your gift, so I'm not going to take it. Thanks, mm -hmm. but no thanks. Um, I hope not, but I fear we do that too often. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of people do make that choice, but uh, there is this this place there that's designed for us. Um, and in earlier in the book, he talks about you know paradise is lost. Um, yeah. Act Act Four, we realize that we have regained paradise. You know that once we move into what lies beyond, that there is this paradise that's regained. Uh, I like this section where he says. Uh, Act four begins with the light of dawn, uh, shedding light on the restoration of all that was lost. Um, and he goes, and as paradise is being revealed by the morning dawn, it's familiar. Uh, I, that was just a, a, a phrase that I was like, oh, that's good storytelling. Um, you know, there's something familiar about eternity. Why is there something familiar about eternity? Because it's part of your DNA. It's what you were made for. Uh, there is a feeling sometimes when you get to a place and you just kind of think, this is home. Um, mm -hmm. I feel comfortable here. There's, there's something about this place where I just feel like I belong. You may have never been there before, um, but that place exists. Uh, that's kind of the, the, the image that kind of came to my mind when this paradise regained is a place where we belong and we find our, our, our purpose and our fulfillment there. No, I like that. I like that. And, and I, and sometimes we, we search in all the wrong places for that home. And we always are left feeling empty. It reminds me of Ecclesiastes, right? Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. You know, I search to find meaning in life, mm -hmm. my purpose in life, and I never found it in any of these following things. And, and, he, and Solomon was the wisest there ever was, and he still missed out on some of the happiness he could have had. Right. They, uh, uh, I was thinking about some of the stories that they were telling, right, and and what I'm kind of picturing, um, well, number one, all of these um, fairy tales that we see um, are the story of Scripture. Um, you know, whether it is a, a Disney fairy tale of a princess, you know, getting the prince and living happily ever after, um, or coming from nothing, or a prince who disguises himself as a uh, as a pauper to go in and they find love and they end up living happily ever after in in the palace or you know whether it's you know apollo 13 where you know yes there is tragedy and yes there's something to overcome but we make it home um you know all of these stories are borrowed from scripture that there is a hero of the story there is redemption 
that comes and it's almost as if you're watching Titanic what you're expecting is after all of the darkness you're expecting the sun to come up and the Titanic to come back together um, for Jack to not be left at the bottom of the sea uh, for the iceberg to be missed and not gouge the side of the ship but even if it does for something to come in and miraculously save the day and to restore it all of its beauty you wait for maximus to wake up the next day and to find that his wife and son haven't been murdered and his life's achievement hasn't been for nothing um you wait for gandalf to to be restored because this happily ever after is about those relationships and and as failing as failed and as flawed as they were they're made right in the end um mm-hmm. that is the happily ever after that god has written for his people um and you know second peter chapter 3 to me is one of the most comforting aspects of this which is he desires us all to be there um that he doesn't delight in your failure he doesn't light delight in the fact that um, your life didn't end the way you wanted it to end, uh, but he wants all to come uh, to a saving knowledge of him, uh, and it's open for for all to to take hold of. So, um, restoration so such an important part of of who we are as a people of God. Definitely, I I enjoy watching. Well, I don't watch it now but i used to really enjoy watching american restoration uh that mm-hmm. guy and his family that would restore all these old uh things it was mind-boggling one because i can't do any of it so i was jealous <laughs> the whole time going oh that's cool i wish i could do that um and then watching the finalized product and how it was brought back to life to what it used to look like um it was wonderful why do we feel like we that god can't do that to us isn't that that i won't understand i mean i understand sometimes Mm -hmm. i wish we weren't like that i wish we could fully accept the restoration that god has promised us on this earth but also one day in paradise that we will be fully restored and be living with him one day in an and that's really like an end that never ends <laughs> right and, and, and which is hard for us to understand but a beautiful concept when we kind of unpack it we have any thoughts on uh last thoughts on act four before we uh kind of wrap up the epilogue and i i don't think so i i think we've we've kind of unpacked that we haven't happily ever after and that i, I think maybe that's what i would say is that we do have a happily ever after. That no matter where you are, your story's really not over. Mm-hmm. It is something that I think we need to understand. Our story's not over, no matter where you are. If you're still breathing, your story's still being written. And we have a story to continue to, continue to share. So. Yeah, and, and ultimately that's what the epilogue gets into. When he kind of wraps everything up, he comes back and says, so you know, now that we've looked at what lies in wait... Um, there's a road that's left to complete. Um, you still have a story to complete. Um, it's a dangerous story, though. I mean, if you think about 
all that transpires, you know, this side of heaven for, for those who are living in this world. Uh, I always go back to this scene with uh, Elijah, or Elisha. I think it's Elijah and his servant, where they're surrounded by the by the enemies, and Elijah says, "Don't worry; those who are for us outnumber those who are against us." And the servant looks out, and all he can see is the army. And he prays that his eyes be opened, and he sees the heavenly the heavenly angels and their army on the horizon. Um, you know, it's a it's a dangerous story that we're that we're living in, and, and I guess the question. For this road that we have is, you know, how do you live differently once you realize what story it is that you're actually living into? Um, you know, you're you're a part of this bizarre, weird, dangerous, out of this world story that God is writing. It's a part of you. It's a part of who you are. You're living into this story. And once you realize that, what are you going to do with that knowledge? Um, you know, like you said a, a moment ago, are you going to embrace um, the role that's been that you've been given, or are you going to say, uh, "I think I'm going to go write my own"? Yeah. Um, what will we do with the gift that God has given us of of inviting us into His story, the road before uh, us? Yeah, and, and, and I hope that will, you know, my my plea. And my and my hope is that we will be motivated to work even harder. Uh, I know that whenever I'm, I mean, yeah, I have pride in what I do, and not a good pride, and working hard for my own personal convictions because I don't want to. I know what I'm capable of, but there's something else, something special about when you're working as a team with someone, because then you're all wanting to work to not let each other down or to maybe you finally have the opportunity to go pl play in the game. You know, I've all, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're that bench warmer and you, your name's finally called. Okay. I can't ruin the moment. Right. I can't waste the moment. I got to perform well. I got to show them I'm worthy. I'm and, and that, and then I'm worth this. Well, God's there are no bench warmers with God. Yeah, and, and we're all starters, and I think that's huge. Yeah, it it really is. Um, what do you do when you get tapped on the shoulder, right? I remember um, I was in seventh grade. Seventh grade, I was scrawny, dude. I mean, I was so <laughs> small. I'm surprised I did not get killed playing football um, as a seventh grader. Um. I was a wide receiver, and we did not throw the football. There was only okay. one person on our team that we threw the football to, and he was a tight end who was about 6'7 and 240 pounds. In I didn't seventh throw grade? The football. In seventh grade. Yes, big dude. Um, he probably should have been in ninth grade, but he was in seventh grade. Um, <laughs> that's kind of what it felt like. held him back for school. Yeah. I was also the third string safety. Um, our okay. first string safety played both ways and never came off the field. So I was not getting in the game. Uh, well, we're on defense, and uh, 
I looked like David in Saul's armor. I, my my pads didn't fit. They had to go find a special helmet for me, and so my helmet was different than everyone else's helmet. Everyone else had a gray face mask except me. I had a blue one, and it had the old-fashioned nose. Yes. And that was not a thing when I was playing football. I'm not that old, okay? We didn't wear those, but my helmet had one. Um, well, so our safety gets hurt. He pinched a nerve in his neck, and oh. he turned around to look for the backup safety, and the backup safety is pouting over on the bench. And so – my coach grabs me by the face mask and says, Fowler, get in the game. I'm like, words I've never heard before, but okay. <laughs> and so I get like four steps on the field and turn around and go, for who? He goes, go play safety. I was like, I've never played safety before. He goes, just ask Nick what to do, right? So you know what? <laughs> You know what any good offense does? They run right at the guy that just came in. And uh, and they did. This this big dude comes barreling over the side of the field, and I just duck down in a ball and hit him as low as I can. His face mask gets planted into the small of my back, right below my shoulder pads. And I'm doing my best not to act like it hurt. And I was like, I actually made a play. And then I got taken out, and they put in a, they put in a real safety in my place. But, you know, what are you going to do uh, with the opportunity when you get tapped on the shoulder and get in? Um, yeah. Are you going to find yourself pouting on the bench, or are you going to find yourself ready for action, even if you are completely unprepared for the action that's coming? Yeah. Um, I was standing close enough to the coach that when it came time, he said, hey, you're up. Your, t- your, n- your number's called. Yeah. And – and then we went. It's kind of that, that same kind of thing, right? Where it's just, are you going to live into the story that God is writing? Um, you know, God, God tells this story, we're a part of it, and he has these three things that always seem to be at play in the story. Things are not what they seem. That's, isn't that what Paul says? Hey, you're living by the flesh, and you'd be living by the Spirit. Yeah. Uh, things are not what they seem. We are at war. And you have a critical role to play in this story that God is writing. Um, those are the truths that pervade the this, this story of God. We see it in Scripture. We see it in our hearts. We see it in the way things play out. So, uh, really, really good and, stuff. And, and, and what I like, and, and, and I'll point this out just because it's, I'm not sure if it relates or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. Because it popped in my head, and that's what I do. Um, when we have a critical role to play. Let's not misunderstand, and not saying we are, not saying we do, but let's not misunderstand that as we're not the, the, the writer of the story. We're not the author. We're playing a role, but we're it, – and I feel like maybe I've done it before, so I'll just speak to myself where sometimes I might think, hey, this, this seems like it would be a better way of doing things, and I'm just going to do this instead. It's kind of like, for me, I know nothing about construction. Nothing. If I went up to uh, a, a guy who was building a house and said, I don't like the way you're doing this, so I'm going to do it differently. You know, I, I helped run wire one time in a house that was being built. I didn't ask, or well, I asked a lot of questions like, hey, why is it this way? And it wasn't like, hey, I think you're doing it wrong. It was, I don't know anything, and I want to at least learn something. 
What right. I didn't do was, well, that sounds stupid. I'm just going to do it this way instead. Well, um, I don't want to get electrocuted. And I don't want the house to blow up later. So I just did what I was told. And not, and not saying that we should go blindly without understanding. But that's why there's questions to be asked. And that's why we should strive for understanding, not strive to say my way's better to the author of the universe. And, and, and for me, that's important to remember. Because sometimes it goes back to that first thing. Things are not what they seem. In the moment, I may think this makes absolutely no sense. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing it this way, God? Well, God sees the full picture, and he's saying you don't understand just yet, but you will. Yeah. And it's our job just to trust him and maybe ask for understanding. And if we get it, great. If we don't, maybe all we need to know is that I am God. Yeah, that's right. We live in this place um, of, I use this uh, line frequently, um, Houston, we have a problem. That, yeah. that that pervades my it, it's one of my go-to phrases in life in general anything anything goes wrong anytime anything goes wrong you know that's my go-to uh houston we have a problem and whether or not you have seen apollo 13 you know what that indicates yeah. we're living in that place after they go through all of the the troubleshooting and they're returning once they enter the the atmosphere you know, you have this constant back and forth from Houston. They're like, Houston, Odyssey, do you read? Or Odyssey, Houston, do you read? And you see the whole nation is sitting on the edge of their couches, their chairs, their living rooms, their radios, waiting for a response. Did it work? Yeah. Did it work? Odyssey, Houston, do you read? And there is that line where uh, the, the newscaster goes, well, the expected time for blackout um, has come and gone. The only thing we can do now is pray. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a minute that goes by, and then the, 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 the sound comes over the radio, and it says, uh, Houston, this is Odyssey. Do you read? And with that saying, you know, the, a whole nation cheers and a whole room full of, of scientists and uh, physicists breathe because they have accomplished the task of getting their people home um, and there is life at last. That's what, that's what God promises us, life. Um, he closes with this, and uh, unless you have something else, I'll close with this. I like it. Do it. All right. He says, uh, the fairy tale of the gospel has one crucial difference from all other fairy tales. Um, the claim made is true. It's not only, it not only happened once upon a time, but it continues happening ever since, and it is happening still. This is the gospel. This is the story we are living in. May you play your part well. Um. And that makes you want to go fight like a gladiator. <laughs> I like it. So uh, I guess our close is play your part well. That's right. 
So thank you for joining us today on the, on the Crossways podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. We want to remind you of 1 Peter 2 verse 21, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. We're so thankful you're here. We want to give a special shout out to the Ministry League for allowing us to be a part of their network of podcasts. We got some big things happening soon on May 1st, so stay tuned and tune in to the Ministry League for a big announcement. But until then, we'll see you guys next time.